The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Now it's time for Tech Thursday and what Andy O'Donoghue and myself are going to do today is talk a little bit about the sort of the trends in technology, which means we have to start with chat, GPT and AI. And you're looking at certain things in relation to chat, GPT, such as plugins. Explain that to me. So this, the plugin kind of phenomena, Matt, has started really over the last month or so. And um, there's been lots of discussion about ChatGPT. We've done it ourselves and we've all kind of had a bit of a lull at its ability not to write very good poetry and things like that. However, one of the uh, things about ChatGPT that they have now done with ChatGPT4 is they've added the ability for plugins. That means developers can write little programs that can be plugged in or put to work by ChatGPT to do other tasks. So, Explain this to me. So, for instance, one of the things that ChatGPT can do now, it is now connected to the internet, so it can find web links and it can summarise them. But there's a plugin called LinkReader, which is truly remarkable. And what LinkReader does is it will go off and read, analyse and summarise content that it finds from web pages and documents, but also PDFs. So I put this to work during the week and I asked it to read some technical PDFs related to the technology business written by academics. It summarized them into two pages and gave me an overview of each one and then an assessment of the general thinking on the industry. Truly remarkable. So, How accurate do you think that would be and what, what might it miss out on in doing this particular summarization? And that's a great question because also one of the things that we've heard going back a couple of months is about what are called the hallucinations of ChatGPT and that's the stuff that it makes up. It will sometimes fill the space with facts that aren't true. So what you have to do is you have to be careful about what you ask ChatGPT to do. And believe it or not, there's another plugin called Prompt Perfect. And when you use Prompt Perfect you can write the prompt and writing the prompt, the instructions for chat GPT is a skill in itself. But if you use prompt perfect, it takes your request and it translates it into the perfect language for chat GPT so that you get the most incredible uh, accuracy and assessment possible. And it does make you think for research, for students, but also for business use, which is why I was using this. It is really, really effective. See, I, the thing that I really get fearful on this is this is moving at such speed, the technological development. Even this week, one of Germany's major newspapers has started a major round of redundancies. Incredible. They're actually going to replace yeah. journalists and sub-editors yeah. and the rest of it with chat GPT. Yeah, and uh, I saw that headline during the week as well. And um, as an example, there is another plugin called Chat with Video. And that plugin allows chat GPT to analyze video content and it recognizes the speech and can summarize it. So if you needed to do research for an interview that you're doing, you could ask ChatGPT, look at every interview that a prime minister or a minister has ever done and tell me what are their thoughts on climate or on LGBT matters. Fascinating to use uh, a tool like this to do it really, really quickly and save you the work. Again, assuming that it gives you an accurate 
assessment. Assuming that it does, and this is this is the thing about the hallucinations, we appear to be moving on from that because of ChatGPT's ability now to access live data, which when we started using it, we were using a data set that was up to, you know, almost two years old. So things have changed. And to illustrate the real-time nature of this, um, using, um, for lifestyle use, something that we can all use, um, if you use Open Table, you can give Open Table um, the sort of food you want to eat and a restaurant in a destination where you're going and it will find and prepare the reservation for you. Kayak have a brilliant, which is a travel website, they have a brilliant chat GPT plugin and I tried an experiment with that and I gave it a budget and a destin- and no destination and I said these are the things I like to do fit it within this budget of a few hundred euros and it suggests the best ones that suit you and your interests. Who's making money out of all this? ChatGPT have a subscription-based service uh, and it's $20 a month for ChatGPT Plus uh, at the moment. And um, inevitably, advertising might creep in somewhere. But interestingly, I was using one of these plugins to analyze um, um, PDFs during the week. And I noticed I got an email unprompted from a company I never heard of. And I thought it was a scam. But as I read it, I realized what I had done was I had exceeded my use of the plugin which would require an additional subscription to my ChatGPT subscription. So developers are getting paid for their work, which is absolutely fair. But what we are seeing, and we cannot underestimate this, Matt, and your point about the replacement of staff at a German newspaper is one thing. The potential impact, I think, you know, we might even be underrating the speed of disruption. Because particularly things like the Industrial Revolution changed the manual labour, use of manual labour and manufacturing as it has progressed over over the years and the use of robots and automation. But is this the first enormous challenge to what might be called white-collar workers, sort of those who are involved in the professions who, rather than using their hands, have traditionally been using their brains? Absolutely. This is a tremendous challenge to them um, because we've just talked about things that affect researchers, that affect interns, that affect lawyers, that affect accountants. I mean, I've seen ChatGPT produce beautiful spreadsheets from analysed data that it finds online. You can automate you can program it or ask it to go and find data and prepare an Excel document for you. Interestingly, um, a related product that I came across over the last couple of weeks is called Pseudowrite. And Pseudowrite and its companion story engine apparently is being used not only by journalists, but by novelists to help them get past writer's block. And what you do is you do a brain dump on an entire novel or just a scene or a conversation and it then moves to a synopsis and it even goes on to characterizations. And I've tried this, started the novel during the week and I thought... This is amazing. It requires a lot of work and patience, but it is truly remarkable as well. Okay, we're running short on time, but there's something else I want to ask you about, and this, I suppose, is going in almost to the realm of science fiction, but another Elon Musk idea brain implants. So Neuralink is a company that uh, he started back in, it's only six, six, seven years old, going back a few years. And Neuralink make uh, brain computer uh, interfaces. Um, they have um, just over a thousand, uh, a thousand uh, small pieces of electronics that are organized on little threads and they are implanted into the brain. They are so small. Uh, they cannot be implanted by hand. And so Neuralink make a robot that has a needle that is smaller than a human hair and it is injected where required into the human brain. They are battery powered. And so there is an external charger 
that is applied essentially outside the head to charge um, the Neuralink implant. And Sorry, sorry, hold on a second. Are there people actually at the moment undergoing trials and tests with this thing? Yes, there are. And in fact, on the Neuralink website, there is a patient registry where you can register your interest if you fit in, uh, if your condition fits in and you think Neuralink might be able to help you. So, so what's it going to do to these people? Uh, for, for instance, quadriplegics, their goal with quadriplegics is to use Neuralink to let them control a computer using their thoughts. Okay. Which is fantastic. They also think that they will be able to work back and help people with a number of other conditions from uh, perhaps vision loss or perhaps um, um, uh, because of stroke uh, in the past. The work they're doing, Matt, is truly amazing. And this is, you know, one of the things that they talk about is right now their focus is on medicine and is on conditions, really worthy work. But one of their stated goals is to extend human capability. And I think that's the bit when people hear that and Elon Musk, they might think, okay, where is this going to go? We don't know. And we don't know what their plan is. But what we do know right now is they have developed remarkable technology that can potentially help people. Andy, I don't know, just to finish off, without sounding dystopian about it, but are things changing and moving in the world at a pace that we've never actually seen before when it comes to technological innovation? I I, I think, as you mentioned, the Industrial Revolution. And, um, you know, I think we are, we're about there, Matt. Um, You know, we are, will we see riots and the stocking frame bakers um, and their protests and the Luddites? I think potentially that could happen because I think, as you asked the question, I have never, and I have worked in the technology business um, since the age of 21, I have never ever, ever seen a rate of acceleration like this before. And what are the consequences for humanity? Those are questions we're going to have to come back and talk about at another date. Andy O'Donoghue, thank you for joining us. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today and-